Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey guys, what's up? Amir Ryder here with uh, Brian Denenberg on the Transform Sales Podcast, the agency spotlight series where we ask some tough questions, but most importantly, spotlight some sales agencies. Brian, what's up, man? How is it going today? Great. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm doing well. I I, uh, I was excited to have met you in person in Medellin. I think you're one of the only sales agency owners that got a ticket, didn't even contact me and just showed up, which was awesome. I uh, I love that. And um, I'm happy that we're here podcasting today. Um, for the people listening, this series is designed for buyers and sellers of sales agency buyer services. We want to ask some tough questions like what mistakes buyers make, but ultimately really kind of learn more about your agency. So maybe you can introduce yourself, tell us a little about yourself and Maybe introduce uh, your your industry and, and and tell us how you broke into this whole beautiful industry of uh, B2B lead generation, outsourced sales. Completely accidentally. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, it's, so, no, it's, a, it's a valid answer. <laughs> yeah. So I spent 20 years building sales teams in Asia. Um, three of the companies I co-founded, the last one I moved back to the US in 2015. Um, I helped my old business partner set up a set up a, his sales team here. Um, then I I left and decided to do um, consulting work and helping uh, early stage companies set up their sales process and just just do that full time. And what we I found was the first thing that they needed once we set up their process was to hire the right people. So I tapped my old business partner, um, Sean Stone, who's now the CEO of Sales Hunters, uh, to help me run this. And it, that was set up as a recruiting business. Sales Hunters was originally a recruiting business. And then what we found is as those companies started to grow, that they needed not just the account executives, but they they needed to plug holes in their sales processes that they weren't able to do or they didn't have the resources to do. So we, because Sean was at the time was in the Philippines, um, we we decided to launch the the services part of uh, the sales hunters, which is the sales agency. Now that part of the business has grown to be much bigger than the recruiting, and that's that's the main focus of sales hunters today. Actually, that's awesome. So a demand. Uh, transformed your business, right? Uh, you started off helping with staff and then you realized that people didn't really struggle with staff. They struggled actually getting the results that they usually hired staff for, AKA we could hire SDRs and do it ourselves, but that's not really working well. Let's, let's get an agency to actually be accountable for the results, right? So you filled the gap. Uh, are you guys, where's the headquarters for your company? And when was uh, it yeah, started? It's, it's, it's in Boston. I mean, it's technically in Boston. So uh, Sean and I both live in Boston. Um, we have uh, staff now in Colombia, in Philippines, uh, had some in Eastern Europe, et cetera. So, so, so you guys are headquartered uh, in Boston. You've been around since what year, 2000 and? So the company was started in 2018. 2018, awesome. So you guys have about yeah, we do started doing the, the, five years, five years experience. Yeah, and the, the, the recruiting was for two years and then we launched the the services business, the the sales agency in 2020. Awesome, awesome. Um, talk to me a little bit about your best fit clients, right? And and the reason why we asked this is because we 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 um, we want to know what your best fit clients are. Like that's why we're asking it. Uh, <laughs> do you guys? Is it is it software? Is it the technology? Um, the mic is yours. Who who are right. they? What do they look like? Talk to me about them. At the moment, it's 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 technology because that's been my focus from the consulting and and that's my that's been both of our world for for so long. Um, but I view the I view it a little bit differently. I see it as uh, sales fall on a spectrum from transactional on one side to complex on the 
the other side. And so for a more transactional sale, what we found is that we can handle a lot of the sales process. So anywhere from getting the meeting all the way through up until I, it's been, we've done up until close and we're now starting to, to toy with actually closing transactional sales for companies. And, and those, when you, say, bigger, when you say transactional sales, for those listening that just might not know, what, what do you, what do you, would you refer to sell, transactional just like things that people can buy with like quickly or fast? Like, well, how do you, how do you define that? The easiest way to, 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 to explain that is the number of contacts that it, you need to make and the number of people involved in the decision. So the, right. the, if I was showed you a chart, it would be uh, how many people can veto the, the purchase um, and how many, how many calls. So it's a combination of how many calls or emails or uh, meetings do you have to have um, and versus you know, so so well, ultimately, a, a, an easier sale, right? Like less 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 work than a complex multi. Should be quick. Committee. Okay. Yeah. If you, uh, you know, if, yeah, should be quick. If you have that document and you could share it with us, the listeners will will attach it when we publish this, so that they can they can uh, they can learn more about that. But keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I'll share I'll share two slides with you afterwards. So awesome. I, and they'll be able to they'll, they'll have that for sure. Um, no, so so the you know on the one side, imagine. Uh, you're selling a service that you need to you need to go and meet with you know government officials and lobby the government and you know that's a really complex sale. We're not going to do a whole lot for you. We might get you a meeting. We might help you you know do some research and navigate those those deals. Um, and on the transactional sale, we can take it all the way through to close. Yeah. Well, I I, I love asking this question to sales agency owners because I think it's it's not easy to. It's not easy for a service company to say we only help a transactional company with software, right? Because I, the truth is that you guys want to help a lot of companies. You want to grow, right? Your business. Um, so it's kind of it's always interesting hearing those answers because you know you defaulted and you mentioned services, right? But like, I don't think you even need to say that, right? I think I would imagine that there are probably thousands or hundreds of of, of companies that are software transactional that could need your help, right? Sure. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's not a trick question, right? It's, it's, um, it's just really, it, it's, it's probably where you really shine. And I think it's going to flow into, it's going to flow into our next client. Right. And by the way, sometimes I ask this question, right. And it's like, you know, is it software? Is it sales? Is it United States? Is it this? And it's, there's no, there's no, there's a few different parameters, right? Like it could be software. It could be services. It could be a region. It could be an ACV. It could be product market fit, right? So it's a little bit different for everybody, the answer, right? It's not necessarily just so cut and dry. But if I'm listening correctly, to me, um, software software companies that have a product, transactional sale, and you're, and you're clearly, as you mentioned, some of the new products you've got coming out that you might productize are closing as a service, right? Based off your success in that niche. Is that correct? We'll, we'll see how well that goes, but yes. Thinking about it. Yeah, no, we we we've got a we've got a, a some trials on that that are going that are that look like they're going well, and and I think we'll expand into that. Look, we're at a stage where, like, I would recommend any client is try a couple things and then double down on the ones that are really working. And so we've got a couple areas that are working, and we, we're expanding those. But um, we're still open to areas of growth, and we've got the the luxury because of our the way we run our business that we can, we can try it. We can try new things and, and see if they work. The one, the one, when I say technology, I don't also just mean software um, or hardware. We also, you know, can work with a company that, that sells, you know, high ticket items using a marketplace, for example. I got to learn more about that. Getting, getting meetings for, for, for those, 
or helping them helping them close those deals. So that's, that's we got we might have we might have to talk about that offline. We might have to talk about that offline. Absolutely. Now I knew why you flew down here to to take notes and uh, and to quietly meet me. But uh, talk to me about so so based on that question, I almost want to like verbally talk about one of your 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 best case studies without naming the company and without really giving anything that would be confidential. Um, could you maybe describe like a success story? You know, what was the name of the service they were hiring you for? Was it, was it, was it to generate SQLs to generate like what KP I'd love to know, like, was it a service or software? It's probably a software because we, we talked about product and, um, like if you had to define what they hired you for, was it like market validation? Was it, uh, to generate, SQLs, MQLs, pipeline, revenue. And, and if it's not any of those, feel free to tell us what it was, but talk to me about it. So, so look, usually, uh, usually quite often we get called in to fill the top of the funnel. That's, that's a, that's a lot of the, the, a lot of times the reason that, that a sales agency will get, will get called in our, our backgrounds. And we'll, uh, we can discuss this more, but our backgrounds mean that we actually spend a lot more time consulting them on what their process should be. Uh, and helping them with that, uh, especially the earlier stage companies. The um, so we end up doing a lot of market validation for them. Uh, that's not necessarily why they come to us. They don't necessarily come yeah. to us saying, "Oh, we need help with market validation," because they don't necessarily believe they need that, which is fine. Um, but we can we can definitely help. That's it's something we're we're pretty good at. Um, sorry. Well, well, let's not talk about them. Let's talk about. Let's talk about that specific, like a case study. Like, I, like I'm okay, talking specific, about like okay. specific, like, like this, like, oh my God, if we had 20 clients like this, like, like these are the clients we could serve the best. Um, was it a software service and what did they hire you for? Was it, was it like, what did they, what, yeah, let's talk about it. Like as, as if it's a case study. So there's, there's a, there's a couple, you know, perfect examples of, of software as software as a service that they needed to, to uh, fill the top of the funnel. We ended up having to help them change their messaging. Uh, we so, went so they came to you for prospecting, right? And building top of the funnel. Sure. Okay. We end up uh, as part of our process, we figure out what their messaging is. We figure out what's by running a test. We figure out what's wrong with their messaging and uh, we revise it. We run, we run a, a pretty rigorous process where, uh, my business partner and I both, we take uh, one does the morning, one does the afternoon. We listen to calls um, every day and give feedback on those calls, figuring out what the messaging is. And then we talk to the clients, you know, once a week, going through a couple of the calls and saying, we think the messaging needs to, ch you know, needs to change. We, we work with them because they're the experts in their product to change it. Um, so it's an iterative process that keeps changing, but it, because we iterate daily and weekly, it happens, you know, so, pretty, so, so for this, for this company that we're talking about, this imaginary case study, which is a true case, they were just naming the company. They came to you with the idea of, uh, we need prospecting service. We need you to build the top of the funnel. Right. And then you kind of work backwards on the things that you did, right? The, the things that you did are they're, they're standard where it's like, I got an experiment, I test the experiment, I measure the experiment, and I communicate with the hiring company the same way that a SDR or an SDR manager would if they did it internally or an agency, which is kind of internal these days anyways, right? Um, and those are the activities that got you the pipeline that they hired you for. So they were a happy client. How do they measure success with you guys? Do they measure success with you guys based on the pipeline opened based, based on number of meetings, based on demos. Um, what was yes. that metric? <laughs> yeah. Yes, all of that um, okay. for sure. Um, you know that you know for sure. At the end of the day, if they're not growing their business, they're not going to keep us, right? 
Well, I'm like, look, if you think about what you just said, I, I asked this question for the case study and then you describe the activities that results the result, right? It's almost as if it's like they came to me as a personal trainer to get muscles and then I got them in the gym. I got them doing these things, right? Um, and that's kind of how you described it. But I'm trying to focus on like, it, you know, because it's different things. Sometimes people measure different things, right? So sometimes they're like, sometimes the company's like, we just want pipeline. Um, we, know, we know that the responsibility of conversion rates up to us, right? And they just measure the meeting. Sometimes they measure revenue and they're like, hey, you're attached to our team's performance. So if you do, if you open hundred meetings that are qualified and our guys close 10%, but your guys could have closed 20%, you're still measured on the 10%. That's why I ask these questions, right? Yeah, um, so, yeah. so, so they, they measured you. So they measured you on qualified meetings, demos. Do you remember too? I know I put, I know, oh, I know I put sure. you in a spot. Oh, for sure. It's qualified meetings. Um, and, and they're going to look at that as, you know, you know, in this particular case, they looked at that as, uh, did we get those meetings? How many meetings did we get? At the end of the day, if those meetings aren't closing, then that their problem becomes our problem. No, that makes sense. Whether whether it's our fault or not is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Um, we have to help them fix it. Irrelevant. The, yeah. the and that's where the that's why you describe the activities, right? Because you describe the activity as, as if it's like when they can't close and they don't know that you're doing the right activities, they're gonna fire you, right? Because they're they're like that's it's defensive, right? But when they don't close, but you do all the right activities, then they're able to actually focus on what could be the problem with be coaching and training, right? Um, and that kind of stuff. So like by doing the those things solid and ground, but it's hard to hard to question it. It's like the pipeline is being generated. We're doing exactly what we're doing. Uh, as far as uh, uh, geography, was this a U.S. campaign where you're targeting companies in the United States? Uh, so I'm, what I'm trying to think of is, do we have any where we don't? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, most are. Yeah, most most of the, our campaigns on this, we do some Europe, um, some. No, but it's fine. This is for this case Europe, study. But mainly, yeah, no, this is this one hundred percent is in the U.S. Yes. I'm 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 basically on this podcast digitizing your pay study, and we're going to import it into your listing. Just FYI. That's what uh, that's what I'm trying to do here, uh, but making it engaging at the same time for those listening. And it was English language, right? Was there a specific company size? Like, did, was this something that this specific case study? Did you guys work with uh, uh, enterprise clients or was it smaller clients? It, it, was it was it uh, the transaction size north of 25k, south 25k? In this particular case, it was north of 25k, um, and and this was a more complex. This was a more complex. Sale, as we were talking before about a more complex sale. So. Okay. Yes. And, and, and do you mind sharing, like, was it, uh, without naming the company, was it like a, uh, you know, like a, like a sales technology selling to HR, like, like, like if, to selling into the bank is actually selling into the banking sector, selling, selling into finance technology, finance, fi fintech. Yeah. So this now, now, now we, now we got, now we got a, uh, a case study for you guys. So, so, it's, so, it's, so now buyers who come to CloudTask who are finance technology selling into banking with $25,000 average contract value, I can introduce them to the sales hunters. Awesome. You see what I'm doing? You see what I'm doing here, Brian? <laughs> uh, how did you guys, if you don't mind me asking, uh, and by the way, just last question on that topic, uh, I'm going to continue with the kind of case study, but uh, how long did it really take for this company to start seeing results in the form of meetings was it month one two three four is there is there like that's like where did it when did they start really seeing the results um and is that expectation congruent with the current state of affairs because obviously this account could have been back in 2018 you know uh, for all we know right so so good question uh this particular account started seeing meetings early like within within a six four four to five weeks six weeks okay. max um but they were they didn't turn out to be great meetings 
Okay. So it took a it took a while because there was and in this particular case they were very flexible in terms of uh, they recognized they needed to change and they needed to adjust their product and their messaging and we everybody we, does though everybody does right I think I think I think everybody whether they realize the need does. Is different. that's what we're talking about here right right that's they don't realize that right so we package it right we package it in a way of like they were a good buyer because they gave us but in reality. I don't, when I'm listening to you, and I guess it's because I'm an expert and I understand, right? I know that there is no such thing as a bad meeting, especially in an early campaign, because what you learned from those meetings gave you immediate feedback to probably adjust the campaign, right? So it almost feels like it's a part of a successful campaign. Is A part of successful campaign inherently should be bad meetings at first, because if you kind of think that you're going to just get good meetings right away, it's... It's not necessarily super, it's not really how the world works, right? Well, right. But here's the thing. If I help you figure out that you don't have product market fit, was I successful or did I fail? For me, you're successful because I I'm agree. an educated buyer, right? I agree. But, but I that's agree. why we're talking about this here. We're talking about right. it because we want people to listen, understand that like the, the like Elon Musk blew up like 15 rockets and he's like, this is a success because we got 10 feet further than we thought, right? <laughs> we figured out what didn't work. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's how the real world works, but that's not how business owners operate. And you know what happens when they don't do that, Brian? They lose money. They lose money. And then and then agencies get fired too soon. So we're, we're trying to stop that by having the uncomfortable conversation of the fact that bad meetings don't exist, especially in American market validation, right? Because this is what a part, what this is why this was a successful case study, right? It was a successful case study because you did the right activities to find out product market fit, to build pipeline, but something that made it a good client fit was also the buyer and the buyer understanding the value 100%. of those mistakes, right? So in order to scale that, we need to tell people those stories. So people listening can say, I'm going to hire an agency. I'm going to expect meetings not to that be good, but I'm going to also expect that I'm going to take that information, make adjustments, and it takes two to tango. And that's what, that's what I need to give the agency in order for them to have a case study with me and be successful. Correct. It's like a dancing partner, right? Imagine dancing with somebody who's not moving. I'm a horrible dancer, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I bet you're better than 90% still because you probably would move, right? <laughs> it's the truth. Anybody who says they're a bad dance, anybody who says a bad dancer is, is inherently a good dancer. <laughs> That's what I learned. Uh, how did you build their target list? What type of process people and platforms um, did that buyer, specifically buyer, uh, uh, expect? And then and maybe you can tell me how that could have changed now, if it did at all. Maybe it's the same the same thing. So we subscribe to every single database there is that we can get our hands on. They 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 had industry industry information, and then we leverage our team. The one of the one of the things that we do is we have a we have a big research team actually um, that uh, creates that manages lists. So one of the things I realized having run so many sales teams is how much time teams, sales teams spend on curating their, their target list and getting the information. And I'm like, that's not necessarily a great use of a salesperson. It's good to do the first couple of times. So they set up the, what they're looking for, but that can be outsourced. And so we, that's one of the things that we do is we spend a lot of, we put a lot of resources into researching and as, you know, as new tools come out, more AI was able to help you do that. But, you know, we still have a lot of humans doing that, even even with all the AI tools that we have. 
Well, listen, if I'm listening to what you're hearing, you're describing predictable revenue and why Aaron Ross created the SDR position. They didn't have enough time to take demos with all the AEs because they had to qualify people and then they created an SDR position. They started qualifying and now you're breaking that same process down with an SDR being like, uh, how is an SDR going to get good on a phone call if they're only having one conversation a day? Why don't we clean up the data, work with every data provider, clean it up with an internal team, which is some of your secret sauce, right? So the anybody hiring the sales centers can expect the fact right off the bat that you're going to be using the Apollos, the Zoom Infos, the Slintels, the Cloud, the Cloud Lead IOs, all of them. And then you also have a human layer that, and this could be in the Philippines, right? Which is irrelevant, but but, but that's probably where it is. And, yeah. But it, it, is, it, doesn't it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But they're doing, they're doing, they're cleaning the data so that the SDRs that you have are having better phone calls because this kind of complexity is reasons why people don't understand the hidden cost of hiring internal SDRs. They think they're going to hire an SDR. They're not going to manage them, not going to train them, not going to give them data. Some of the data providers you said, you add them all up, it's half a million dollars a year, right? So I think buyers should know the truth that like, yeah, you can go buy half a million dollars of software. You can build a, a research team. You can hire an SDR or you can access that through an agency. That's what you're getting. You're getting all, you're getting all that, right? So that's pretty much that this was a part of your secret sauce for how you landed that successful case study. And it continues to be uh, part of your process today. And it's what buyers can expect when engaging sales hunters, they can expect that you guys made the investments in multiple technologies. They can also expect that you have a research layer that cleans up data for the SDRs. And we, and we, by partner, I each have 25 years experience of building sales teams. So can you so transfer it, some of that experience to me? No problem. I'll take five, I'll take five years from you. We'll do, think, we'll, we'll do, we'll, I, I think you got, I think you got enough of it yourself. Maybe you can transfer some back. <laughs> I'm willing to, that's the cool part. I, but awesome. I, I see, I see you as the expert. So I'm, I'm, you got more experience than me. So I'll take, I'll take five years from you and then I'll, I'll pay it forward. I'm in, happy in, to in take five years off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, pay, I'll pay it forward in the future. Um, all right. Talk to me about uh, sales sequences. Like what kind of sales sequences do you guys use? Do you guys, are you guys, and obviously in, in, in this case study, if you remember it, was it email, phone call, LinkedIn, combination of bullet? It is it, does it come to mind or Everything. was it just, yeah. I'm the channel. I'm a, I'm a, yes. I'm a, you know, I, I we had a, actually a, a client recently say to me that the phone calls aren't working. I said, really? I said, um, we were doing, so we're doing a, an email, a LinkedIn connection, a LinkedIn message, a uh, phone, uh, phone call, phone call, email, and the email worked. It was the email. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know, how, how do you know that was the email? Um, and I have evidence sometimes to show that it was actually the phone call that led to the email, but, but I, that's getting, you can make a phone call and just be like, Hey, Brian, I just sent you an email. Just wanted to see if you got it. My name's Amir. Take a look at it and hang up. <laughs> that's how I leave a message. It's exactly what I, what I tell them to leave on a message. Right. Yeah. Don't well, just we, it, it's it's funny what you're saying because I think I think that like I think marketing teams know that there's multi attribution. They know that you can literally be on a plane and you could see on the little thing you could see uh, sandals resorts and then you get a little ad and then you get a call and then become. They know that, but when they hire an agency, all of a sudden they forget about it, right? And they're like, the phones didn't work. <laughs> well, they're also looking a lot of times. I think they're looking at it as as one touch. Yeah, the agency, the agency. Yeah. Right, yeah. as opposed to the multi-touch that the agency is doing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, how do you report performance to your buyers? I, I, like, 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 how did you, how did you report performance in this case study, like the specific case study? And then has that changed? Has that evolved? Are you like, how do you typically report information? So when we started the business, I was was I was really frustrated with how how reporting. I saw other companies reporting, and I, ours was I thought was terrible. 
And when I look at our, our reporting is, I, I believe, world-class. And we're, we're giving clients uh, sentiment analysis. We're running reports on the different objections. I can So we're, we're making the, the um, person doing the calls tag what the objection they're getting uh, with notes so that later on when the client wants to add a new feature that may overcome that objection, they can just run a report in their CRM that pulls up a report of all the people that had that objection um, instantly and then run a campaign to it. So we're, we're giving them um, really, really, and we're running, uh, running all the, all the emails and phone call scripts through, um, through analysis to give sentiment and giving it sentiment analysis and then tagging that back, putting that back into the, into the CRM. So you can run reports on that as well. Look, this is awesome, right? Because I think the the vanity metric of how many calls per day, how many dials, they can get all that stuff from you guys. But you guys have taken a step further, <laughs> and you're I know that's 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 what I'm listening to you. It's like I, it's almost like these are standard, and then I know realize what you're saying is that what makes you guys unique is that you're reporting back rejections and sentiment. And we talked about how rejection and sentiment is value in the beginning, right? So this is all making sense now. Because your best fit clients are the ones that understand that failure success. They understand that the value is in the objections and the sentiment. So that's we're actually considering selling the the, the dashboards as a product itself. I mean, I think if you put it on cool. the marketplace, I will help the buyers find it. I don't even call it selling anymore. I call it customer support. I'm a big customer support rep. <laughs> no, but I like it. Listen, I'm, I, I I poked on you a little bit on your best client, and like it just makes sense. Like 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 companies that have. You know, products that have, you know, a, high, uh, um, the, uh, a transactional score that's like not a nine month, 12 month cycle, USA, you know, United States, uh, understand how much value there is in multi-touch approach, how much value there is in sentiment and objections. They're going to they're gonna be delighted with the results you're going to get them because you're going to get them pipeline, which they want, right? You're going to get them revenue, but ultimately you're going to get them the ingredients they need to continue to scale that thing, right? So it's not temporary and it's not short-lived. I think it's funny you say that. I think our best clients in three years are going to be a little bit different. I, I think we might end up leaning towards the transactional just because that, that we can build those teams out and be, it can be a much bigger client. But, but at the moment, I, I would, I want to help you with that. It's my job. I want to help I you with that. I want to find the I want to find the transaction, the zoom infos. The I, I, want to fly down to, I want to fly down to Medellin to have dinner with you to, for what a great job you're doing. I welcome that. This is, by the way, this is part of the, the network state where like-minded people that never meet each other can just meet each other. I don't know. I met, I, I literally shook hands with Brian June 1st in my office in Columbia, the first time I ever met him. Now we're, we're, we, we talk all the time. We help each other and we're learning from each other. So it goes to show you guys that you can literally build friendships, partnerships, uh, and, and, and help each other like never before with just something called uh, the internet, right? It's, it's a, right. a beautiful a beautiful invention, buddy. I, you're always welcome down here, especially if we're gonna talk about B2B lead gen and get dinner and have a good time and I can get those five years from you. I, I got a device, uh, the, it's called the life experience extraction device. I bought it here for cheaper because of the conversion rate. So uh, no, I was you're able taking to years off, man. I might get some of this back. <laughs> we got that here too, man. This is, they say Turkey's the best for that, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm both for Columbia. All right. So this is last question. What are, what are three tips of advice you give to buyers to increase the probability of achieving the results they want to buy fast with your agency? Um, like what's, you know, like what's like the best buying behavior you see, like what mistakes do buyers make? What should they, what should, what's the best, what do you, what mistakes do they make and what things do they do, they do right that help them get the results? Like that case study we talked about. Clarity on your goals. That's number one. Make sure you're clear on what you want to achieve. Um, two is openness to change, to, to 
to change and 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 uh, uh, change that um, based on what the feedback is, not from us, but from the market. And then the third is um, really be clear on what your market segments are. And if this kind of depends, we work with a lot of earlier stage companies um, uh, that be open to more narrowly defining them and segmenting them and 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 creating sub segments so that we can really create messaging that goes after those sub sub segments uh, really really clearly. Trying to just spray and pray, uh, I'm just I don't believe that works. Um, and if it does, it should we we run we run off mass mass emails for them if they want to do that. That's good for spray and pray, but calling and and emailing should be a little more targeted or a lot more targeted. That all makes sense. The one thing that I heard that I would dig deeper is when you said have clear expectations. And I would just want to add to that. Would you say that not only is it important to have clear expectations, but not to change them in the middle of the campaign? <laughs> like, well, I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, I know what you mean by that. And that's uh, like, we're measuring you on meetings. Now we're measuring you on ROS, right? Like I have, yeah. I have, I have flashbacks to the, the yeah. sales agency days. <laughs> I, I'm okay. I, I get that. And they, they, that's the pressure they're getting from their board. I, I get that. And I, I can probably help them with thinking through how to strategize that when, and message that to their board. But um, when I say, but change in, and on, on the other end is, you know, if you keep, if you hired me to get meetings and you're not getting meetings, then, then reevaluate how you're, you're valuing, you're, you're measuring it based on, am I learning from the messaging and am I, am I creating it so that we can get to their goals of meetings? It might, you know, if, if you, you think that you're there and you're not there is the biggest problem I have. And the biggest problem that clients have is when they think they're somewhere that they're not. Yeah. They think they have product market fit. They, and they they, exactly. Yeah. It's similarly like thinking you have a, a pretty baby and you don't. So that's a whole different conversation. Baby's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> can't say that anymore. We can say it to each other, but we can't say that to other people. But this has been awesome. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, as you guys all know, CloudTest is a marketplace for buyers and sellers of sales services. So information is always free. So you can hit the link below and you can download a list of the 100 plus sales agencies, just like Sales Hunters, and learn more about them. Um, and then also we will attach a uh, guide on how to compare sales agencies. And hopefully Brian will share... Uh, that document you said with us, and we'll also add that. We'll add that, and then um, we're always here to help you guys if you need help. But at the same time, we have amazing people like Brian. Where can they find you? How can they reach out to you? How can they connect with you? How can they learn from you? And do not give them five years of your life experience because that's mine. So do not offer them that. But how can they get everything else from you? Um, drop me an email, um, Brian at SalesHunters.io, um, right. or visit our website uh, and 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 get in touch with me. Brian, we're going to get you on that list and we're going to get, we're, we're going to, we're going to get this, this perfect fit. And we're going to talk about these transactional clients that we're going to help together, not sell together. We're going to help together. Um, I appreciate you, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Transform Sales Podcast, the agency spotlight edition. I'm going to get going and do some more sales because I'm going to get back to some SDR work. <laughs> great. Great talking to you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.